Dynamite Podcast. My name is Joe Rybant, and each and every week we'll be here talking about the week ahead, the week that was, and much, much more. We hope you had a nice holiday and a safe and wonderful new year. Over the break, parts of the country received a batch of titles from us, while those same titles are now hitting the parts of the country they missed. And if there is an issue with this, please blame the weather. For any fans picking up any of these titles or any of our other Dynamite comics, be sure to head over to the Dynamite message boards and tell us what you think. Also, head on over to talk about your favorite comics, movies, books, and more from the year that was 2006. This week, Battlestar Galactica number 4, written by Greg Pak, art by Nigel Rayner, covers by Tyler Kirkham, Ebass, Nigel Rayner, and a BSG photo cover. In this issue, all of your questions are answered about the fate of the Returners and the status of the infected Galactica crew. Plus, see Commander Adama in action as you've never seen him before. All this, plus the setup for our next big story arc, as the unseen adventures of the Galactica continue from Dynamite Entertainment. Also this week, a big, big, big issue. Red Sony number 18 by Michael Avon Oming, with art, of course, by Mel Ruby. Covers by Gene Hahn, Aaron Lepresti, series artist Mel Ruby, and Lee Motor. This is it. The world as you know it changes here. The grand finale to the historic showdown. The villainy of Kulan Goth is revealed in the final issue of our most ambitious story arc as the return of Kulan Goth concludes. Sacrifice for a God reveals what the series has been leading up to and sends Sonya and her companions on a new quest, a quest to save the very world. But when you see where they end up, it's going to be a long road home. Speaking of Red Sonya, our friend over at the Philadelphia News, Jerome Maida, named Red Sonya his heroine of the year, saying, quote, Yes, the character is incredibly hot-looking, and Mel Ruby and a plethora of top cover artists reflect that nicely. But Mike Oming's storytelling shows Sonya as a fierce warrior who takes on brutal foes and survives in a world that would be a challenge for Conan. Oming has made Sonya a very dangerous yet noble character. He also gave Sonya her own Doctor Doom in the current epic involving Kulan Goth. Most important, Dynamite has made Red Sonya the center of its line. In 2006, the book came out every month, had quality miniseries and one-shots by writers like Peter David and Frank Cho, and proved to be so popular that DC's Jim Lee asked Dynamite's Nick Berucci if they could do a crossover with DC's Claw. In short, she has become Dynamite's Superman or Spider-Man. Thanks, Jerome. We certainly appreciate the honor. We work very hard on Red Sonja, and we know that we have a legion of loyal fans that love the book. We have big things coming, of course, with the 35th comic anniversary next year, and we're putting the finishing touches on some one-shots and some miniseries, and you'll see all those next year, as well as a very big announcement coming concerning Red Sonja. Also this week, Battlestar Galactica, Zarek No. 1, written by Brandon Jerwa, art by Adriano Batista, covers by Stefan Sedgik and Adriano Batista. Revealing content from Zarek's own novel, The Revolution Within, issue number one tells the untold origin of Tom Zarek and the Sagittarian colony. Our four-issue series shows Tom's beginnings as he grows up in a loving home amidst a slave state and alongside a Cylon workforce, all in the shadow of the first Cylon War. It's through these humble and tragic beginnings that he becomes the man we see in Battlestar Galactica today, and this is where you'll learn all about him. Now, writer Brandon Jerwell will be joined by Tom Zarek himself, Richard Hatch, for a special online chat this Friday, January 5th, beginning at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The event is hosted at sci-fi.com, and please see them for more details. I'm also speaking with Brandon about an interview that he did with Richard Hatch, which uh, he has in audio form, and we're hoping to put that up either at the end of this week, uh, the first part of that up, the end of this week, or the beginning of next. So stay tuned for more details on that. Not to be outdone, probably the biggest book of the week 
is Army of Darkness 13, The Death of Ashley J. Williams by writer James Gahorik and artist Fernando Blanco. Cover art by Tom Nguyen, Kevin Sharp, Fernando Blanco, and Sean Phillips. Holy crap, Ashmageddon is here. The Deadites have tormented him since the Cradle, and now, thanks to the return of the Dead Queen and her possessed corporate Arthurian minions, they've ushered him right to the grave. What the hell? Ash Williams is dead? Run to the light, Ash. Run to the light! Don't miss out on the most unexpected issue of Army of Darkness as the Deadites finally get their pound of Ash. And with Ash out of the way, the Deadites will play. Now, of course, we've been saying for quite a long time that Army of Darkness number 13 leads directly into the events of the Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness crossover. So, get your copy while you can. The first wave is sold out, but our alternate variant cover, available to retailers who reorder copies through Diamond, is available, and it features an image by Sean Phillips, who, of course, does the interiors on the Marvel Zombies series and was kind enough to do a cover for Army of Darkness number 13, as well as a special interior page of the book. And if you have the book, you know what I'm talking about. Speaking of AOD 13 and Army of Darkness in general, our friend over at the Comics Waiting Room had AOD on the brain over the long holidays. Mark Mason served up a slew of... Stop. Start. Mark Mason served up a slew of AOD reviews, and let's get into them. He started with the Army of Darkness movie adaptation, saying... It's easily the best AOD product on the market. The movie itself holds up quite well, and Bolton does an amazing job of adapting it to the page and making it flow. Film adaptations are a dying art, and few are ever any good. The Goodwin, Simonson, Alien being the major exception. But this ranks right up there with the best ever produced. Mark also reviewed the Army of Darkness vs. Reanimator trade, saying, My major quibble is that the Evil Dead films were solid R's, and the gore factor in the book is very high, but the language gets bleeped. I don't quite understand why blood and severed heads are okay, but the word expletive deleted isn't. Well, despite the fact that I said expletive deleted, I think we can assume what Mark was talking about, but I want to keep the podcast here for all ages. So we do agree, Mark, and that's why we kept the violence and lost the foe swearing. As for why you can have more blood than profanity, I blame the Puritans. Also, Army of Darkness, old school. Mark said that this is a marked step forward over the previous book. By returning to the heart of the AOD saga, Kohorik delivers a perfect gift to the fans of the character. Throughout the book, you'll see one Easter egg after another designed for the serious franchise fanboy. Our recently released second issue of the Darkman vs. Army of Darkness crossover was reviewed as well by Mr. Mason, and he said, While not a big AOD fan, I am a huge Darkman fan. So this series is playing right into my soft spots, particularly the cliffhanger reveal. When you bring together two veteran talents like Stern and Busick, you expect something really good. And fortunately, with this mini, you're getting it. Now, I'm going to end with what Mark had to say about Army of Darkness number 12 and 13, because, of course, as I mentioned, it is a big Army of Darkness week. It was a big Army of Darkness week last week heading into the new year, and we're starting the new year with a lot of Army of Darkness excitement, of course, because of the crossover with the Marvel Zombies and the lead-up to that crossover in AOD number 13. Mark reviewed both Army of Darkness number 12 and 13, saying, Bringing together virtually every character of importance to the AOD saga, this feels like an earned ending, not a cheap one, and it brings the goods for fans of the saga. But the real kick in the pants is that final page, where we see Ash's arrival at his next destination, the Marvel Zombies universe. I've never been a huge fan of AOD, but this crossover promises to be one of the most entertaining books to hit the shelves in 2007. Thanks, Mark. You can, of course, check out his reviews in their entirety over at the Comics Waiting Room. 
Before we go, let's do a Dynamite Tease of the Week to start the new year. The second of our big crossover events is underway, as many of you know, and the finishing touches are being put on the script, the artist is ready, and the cover artist is sketching away. If you thought AOD versus the Marvel Zombies was big news, wait until we reveal what this one is. And that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening. We also hope to be back on track after a slight hiccup uh, during the holidays. We appreciate your patience and your continued listening. Email us and tell us what you think. We may just send you something for your thoughts. You never know. As always, we can be reached online at dynamiteentertainment.com, and I can be reached at submissions at dynamiteentertainment.com or letters at dynamiteentertainment.com. To find a comic shop near you, visit csls.diamondcomics.com or call 1-888-COMIC-BOOK.